0: An hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State, from the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany. And the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio
1: Free New York. Hey, everyone. Kevin Wilson, here for Radio Free New York. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening today. We're live on WYSL until 1 p.m. And, of course, we'll be rebroadcast on WENY and WACK. Thank you so much for caring us, guys, and thank you so much for listening. And we are live on Facebook, Twitter, uh, else? Well, YouTube, of course, uh, and... Again, thank you for listening there. We'd love to hear your comments. Thank you so much for listening to feedback that we got yesterday. We love when you guys participate in these discussions. Uh, and uh, tell us when we might get something wrong, too. We love that, too. But uh, I am joined today by Sean Phelan, agent hey. of chaos. Sean, you still with us?
2: I'm still here.
1: Heck yeah, man. Welcome back, Sean.
2: Thank you. Thank you. For now, we got you on
1: two days in a row now.
2: This is the second time it's happened. So the last time <laughs> it happened, we got hit with the COVID virus.
1: Oh no, Sean! That's that. Well, that's that's Agent of Chaos for you.
2: Yeah, it happens.
1: Um. So so we got a nice show lined up today. It is, of course, Fake News Friday. So we all uh, we'll will have plenty of fake news items. Uh. And and there's plenty of that going around right now. Uh. And we'll uh. I I I have a couple fun ones lined up too. I think you'll like Sean. Uh. And uh. But but I do want to talk about uh, a big fake news item. And uh, this this is an article that was in Cato that caught my attention. And it's based off an article in New York Times, too. And it's called uh, Against a Noble Lie. Uh, and this is by, by Alex uh, Noerste. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. I'll share... <clears throat> for those of you who are uh, listening online, I'll share this link in the comments. Uh, so you guys can follow along and know what I'm talking about. Um, so th- this is... Uh, yeah, hey Nick. Uh it's Kevin on today. Sorry, man. <laughs> so no no Andrew on today, but uh but uh thanks again for listening. And uh so so this article in Cato um it's called against the noble eye and and it's talking about something that came out as the the coronavirus is starting to come into the united states as we started to see some of our first deaths from the coronavirus and as uh, medical facilities started to worry about uh, a shortage of masks um and there was this uh temptation among and, and not, not even just temptation there's this uh effort among politicians and medical professionals to start telling people that uh, masks wouldn't be helpful to them. Um, and, and you understand why they did it. They did it because there's a shortage of masks. They're worried that they're, because uh, consumers are buying so many masks that there wouldn't be any uh, masks available for medical professionals to be able to protect themselves as well. Uh, you hear these terrible stories of medical professionals who are using masks for days at a time. Uh, and, and that's something that puts them at high risk. It puts their patients at high risk. It, it risks spreading the th- uh, the virus more. Um, and so they're, they're started this, you start to see these doctors and these politicians come out and say, hey, don't buy all the masks. You're, you're making a run on these masks. And, and the, the professionals who need these things, like these N95 masks specifically, aren't able to get them the way they want. Um, the problem with that is that uh, masks do help. Uh, so so what they what they said is like uh, the, the masks aren't really going to protect you all that well because um, if you're not using the correct mask or you're not uh, fitting it properly, uh, it's not going to actually do anything. So they said like the, the homemade surgical mask uh, and, or once you buy in the store, you, they wouldn't actually protect you all that well because it wouldn't um, fully c- uh, cut off air circulation for like your nose and mouth. So you'd still be breathing stuff in. Um, but that that begs the question, of course. You know, if if that wasn't helpful, um, then why are doctors and nurses and, and and other medical professionals using them in the first place? I mean, the fact of the think- matter is that, that it is beneficial for. Uh, Average everyday civilians to be using PPE, personal protective equipment. It's something that uh, honestly we should be encouraging for the essential workers who are still in the grocery stores, who are still uh, out doing uh, service work, who are doing things to try to keep the lights on, that type of thing. They should be wearing that stuff because it does help. Because even though it doesn't provide perfect protection, like a N95 medical grade respirator mask, uh, it it does help in a lot of ways because it blocks some of the virus transmission from coming out. If you are wearing a mask and you cough, it's gonna catch a good bit of that. If you are um, wearing that mask too, it also does prevent some stuff from going in. Again, it's not perfect, but it prevents some stuff from coming in. Uh, and it also reminds you not to touch your face because that's what they keep telling people, you know, wash your hands often, don't touch your face. And if you're wearing a mask, you're a lot less likely to touch your face because there's a physical barrier and reminder there not to touch your face. So th- so th- we got all of this uh, – so we got all this, I think, bad advice coming in to, to say don't wear a mask. But, yeah, guys, so like if, if you can get a mask and you can safely use it, don't don't go make a run on it. But, like, if you're in a situation where it makes sense, then, yeah, like you can – you can wear a mask it, it makes sense it's good for you and I think honestly we need to kind of normalize like wearing personal protective equipment uh, when you're when you're going out and doing stuff because you may not know if you're infectious we should normalize wearing that stuff out uh, just so you're not spreading the virus if you can go buy that stuff go make it yourself they uh, I know locally uh the hospitals were accepting for a short amount of time uh the the homemade mask too that um, and I think they got they got so many of them that they're they're fine, or you know they maybe they weren't up to the quality that they were looking for. But uh, that that type of stuff you can learn to make it yourself. Andrew's posted on his page before uh, uh, how to make some homemade masks as well. And this is something that does protect you. But I think the, the bigger issue for me is that the idea of the noble lie. Um, now that we've gotten the facts out of the way, the idea of the noble lie that that it is okay for politicians or experts to tell you uh, something that they know to be untrue or 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 to tell you something that, that erodes the trust of the public uh, because they have a good intention behind it. The good intention was being that those masks should be preserved for medical professionals and other high-risk individuals who really need them, so don't go and make a run on a mask. So they told people, oh, they're barely effective anyway, but that wasn't true.
2: Wait, wait, um, wait, wait, I'm, I'm confused here.
1: What? Okay. So when when they said the personal
2: protective equipment, they were referring to masks only because that means I'm yeah. going to have to return all those condoms that I bought.
1: <laughs> you know, yes. you you should uh, still be uh you know wearing those if you have a partner. That's not good social distancing.
2: Though, well, so I was just like, wearing God. them to go to like Walmart and stuff, you know, but you know, if I don't so, have so to So it do turns that... out,
1: you know, I again, I'm no I'm no doctor, but like I don't think that's going to help you there. <laughs>
2: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just
1: just well, food for thought. But, but but maybe ask a medical professional about that. Who knows.
2: Right. No, but <laughs> seriously, about the masks. Um, you know, I I feel that, you know, from what I know from my military training and as far as like the nuclear, biological, chemical hazards that we've been trained to deal with, um, if a mask doesn't seal perfectly, then it's pretty much useless as a defense mechanism. It's I could see wearing of it to be to prevent any accidental offensive maneuvers such as, you know, sneezing or coughing, you know, and not being able to stop the spread of all the little water droplets that may be infected that gets out there. But if it doesn't seal to your face, then yeah, even some of those are gonna escape. But I could see like the mask stopping Ninety-eight percent of you know all the water vapor that you know you release when you cough or sneeze, but uh, yeah, this this noble lie is a, a very interesting uh, perspective I find because it kind of brings back uh, matterings of like the boy who cried wolf or um, you know some of the some of the fables you know along those yeah. lines you know.
1: Yeah, and, and, and there's other it's stuff little... I want to talk about with, with that too. Uh, and I think we're, we're probably going to have to wait till the next segment now to get more into that. But uh, so we'll, we'll talk to you more about uh, the concept of the Noble Eye and, and about uh, personal protective equipment and all that other stuff in the next segment. Thanks again for listening to Radio Free New York. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
3: Listening to Radio Free New York.
1: Hey all, welcome back to Radio Free New York. Uh, Thanks again everyone for joining us today. And if you want to participate in the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a call at studio 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000 if you want to chime in on this stuff. Especially I'd love to hear about anyone's thoughts on personal protective equipment. Uh Sean and I kind of, you know, had that discussion in the last segment and you know, I I'm I'm of the belief that like really like if you're able to do something to it, it doesn't need to be perfect um but but some sort of uh personal protective equipment even if it's imperfect is is helpful you know I've heard stories of doctors saying like all right if you're coming in to get uh, a coronavirus test you know and you don't have a, an actual mask like at least like wrap your face in some way if you suspect you may be sick you know you should stay at home if possible but if you you can't um you know that's that's something that you can do and you know i, I and I know Sean, you're, you're coming in from that military perspective that that chemical and biological uh a train, there's a name for it, and I forget what it is. Um, but Sean, you're still with us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. Just making sure, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so the one other aspect I, I see of the noble lie, and it's something that we've got to watch out for, and something that like a lot of accusations have gone around. I don't, I don't really have any evidence that that people have been directly lying about this, but it, it's certainly an understandable concern. Is that politicians will do one of two things. Um, they'll either lie to exaggerate the dangerousness of uh, the virus outbreak uh, in order to, uh, to justify greater control or to justify an abundance of caution because they, they think it's politically safer to overreact than underreact. And, and I think we've covered that pretty thorough with, thoroughly with Governor Cuomo. And I'm not accusing him of misrepresenting anything at this point. Um, I'm accusing him of maybe running the hand for Santa president. But what's it?
2: I said I'm accusing him for running for president right now.
1: Yo, his stocks going up. We talked about it. It, it could happen. But mm-hmm. uh but but the point is though, like again there there's there's a danger in that where that they'll exaggerate the danger in order to You know, either consolidate power or to look like they're acting appropriately or to in the noble sense to try to keep people safe. They say it's better to err on the side of caution and to tell people that this is extremely dangerous so that they will stay home and they will not go out and we can flatten the curve and we can stop the spread. Right? so like that's the noble lie part of it is that you tell people it's 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 so dangerous and deadly that like they'll be scared into not doing negative behavior that would lead to overwhelming the hospital system and then you get the the other perspective on that you get the other side is that people who may try to to undersell the dangerousness of the virus in order to not harm the economy they'll say ah, it's not that bad you should get out and and interestingly enough, this is what was happening with uh New York City prior to um, prior to the kind of acceleration and outbreak there is that you saw a lot of uh, politicians calling Bill de Blasio and, and members of the New York City City Council saying like, hey, get out. You know, it's it's Chinese New Year. Go out celebrating streets. This isn't dangerous. You know, don't uh, don't get scared into uh, thinking that this this uh, flu virus in China is going to be, and it's not a flu virus, but that's what they're saying. Flu virus in China is going to, um, kill everyone. So like get out there and do stuff. And, and again, they tried to, to create this sense of normalcy so that they could tamp down on perceptions of racism or, or on, on harming the economy itself. Uh, so that was, that was something really interesting that I saw uh, there as well is again, this, the and, and you might see it in the, the Trump administration too. That's what a lot of people are, are seeing is that they're trying to, in order for, uh, Donald Trump to, to look better. People are accusing him. They say, and again, I'm not necessarily accusing him of this. They're accusing him of uh, underselling the dangerousness of the virus so that the economy can get going because he's worried that if the economy's bad, that he will lose his reelection. And, and I think that's a legitimate concern. Again, it's it's a noble lie. It's it's so you don't. Um, well, I mean, in this case, it's it's for political purposes. What the accusation is, but it's it's a it's a lie intended to to. Uh, make people less scared and to keep the economy going and keep jobs alive, uh, but that can be dangerous as well. And and here's here's why I say this. And this is this is the big point of the article, um, is that if you start doing these things, if you start telling lies, even with good purposes, you end up creating a situation as Sean you kind of indicated, crying wolf. Yes. Right. Trick and little. Chicken Little, right? The the sky is falling, right? So if you if you do these things, it erodes trust in experts. Experts that, in theory, we should be relying on right now to tell us the entire truth, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, we need to trust them, in theory, to 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 go and and be fully transparent, as transparent as possible about this situation, so that people can make good decisions for themselves, for their businesses, for local governments. Um, and, and, and to credit him, I think this is what governor Cuomo is trying to give the perception of right now. That's why he has those conferences every day. He's trying to give the perception that he's doing that. Uh, but, but I, I don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt to say that he's doing that correctly all the time. We need to constantly fact check what he's doing because it's governor Cuomo. We, you, you guys listen to the introduction to the show. It's, it's not what we call him a scheming mountebank bank in the introduction. Really? You know, we, yes. You know, we, uh, We we need to make sure that we're holding these politicians accountable if they're ever in a position where they start misleading the public, even if it's for uh, what they perceive to be a a public good. Um, See, I've got a big
2: problem with the whole noble lie process here. Oh, sure. There's appropriate places to use a noble lie. Um, You know, like if you're talking to children, for example, and you don't want to scare the bejesus out of them you know, and make them have nightmares and whatnot, you know. But when we're talking adults to adults, government to its people, you have to have 100% honesty, in my opinion. Otherwise, the government loses credibility instantly. And I'm sorry, but I'd rather hear the worst news, you know, as long as it's the truth, rather than... You know, living in a blissful lie, you know, Um, you know, it's it's that conundrum, you know, how do you tell your best friend that you caught their spouse cheating? You know, it's it's, you know, I'd rather hear it. I'd rather know it, you know, than than to be blissfully ignorant to the situation or being manipulated, which is even worse, in my opinion, being manipulated into doing something or not doing something that you. Would have normally handled differently.
1: Yeah, right. And and you know, again, that's what we. You're, you're right. We're we're not we're not children. We're adults. You know, I understand why there's there's situations where people don't tell the truth. Even though I I always err on the side of like we should be telling the truth as much as possible. But especially in the government level, we we need to be, you know, treated as, as adults and participate. Uh, Citizens who participate in uh, the running of their government, um, even though oftentimes it doesn't feel that way. But we we need that full transparency. So again, businesses and citizens can act appropriately. Um, and, And the risk that happens if we don't do that is if we no longer trust the experts who are trying to to tell people they're trying to you know either scare people straight or telling people that everything's going to be fine so the economy keeps going. If we don't trust the experts, then people will start acting on bad information or saying like, "Well, they lied before about this other thing, so why should I believe how dangerous things are now when maybe the right. situation actually is dangerous?" So so you start doing things like, "Well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a party and I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to you know lick doorknobs or whatever." No exaggerating on that a bit but but the point is you know people will start acting recklessly when maybe the best solution is for people not to do that but if you don't trust your government uh, people are going to start uh doing their own thing
2: right see i think that the the credibility that government has to reestablish with the american people is very important because the amount of lies that we've been fed and the I don't know when I was younger, I didn't feel it as much as I do today, but this continuance of the government trying to talk to us like we're little children, incapable of handling the real truth of, yeah. of the matter. Um, I find that to be insulting and uh, inappropriate and it does not fester any positive feelings Towards trust and faith in the government what they say and what they do,
1: right? And and that's why again, it's it's so important to to try to build that uh, trust up as much as possible. And we do have a couple comments in here. Uh, Valerie uh, says it's, it's hard to decide who to listen to nowadays. Cuomo has lied to us, um, and uh, that lying has become the norm. And you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, pushed even harder by well, I'm not going to say that, but journalists and politicians. Uh, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's at all levels. Again, it's it's up to all of us to like investigate that, to call it out, and you know, you you have to balance that. Like to me, like I, I want to try to defer to experts. I want to be humble and and understand like that sometimes people know more than me. But you also have to look at things with skepticism too, right? Again, some like there, there's epidemiologists like I, I don't know enough about that field of study to like be an expert on this uh, virus right. and what it does. And I want to trust that like most people have good intentions and they're going to tell me the truth. But I I need to balance that with if I'm looking at one person's opinion and I worry that their motives are suspect, you know, again, I want to do my research to try to figure out, you know, like what, what's, what's an actual consensus here among other people who – you know, hopefully have good intentions and are trying to get the truth out and they're trying to do what's best for other people and give you good information that you can act appropriately on. And again, politicians have to resist the temptation to lie to people in order to, even if they think they have a good end. And and it doesn't stop there, of course, though. It doesn't, you know, when you start telling lies, you start lies, you start normalizing that process, you're gonna start doing it other ways too. It needs to stop now. We need 100% transparency and honesty with the American people. So thanks again for joining us here on Radio Free New York. We're going to take a few-minute break. We'll be back uh, just a couple. Talk to you then. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, thanks again for listening to Radio Free New York, and thanks everyone who's participating in this conversation. It's really important. And speaking of participating in the conversation, uh, we have Garrett from uh, Chautauqua County. Is that where you are? Garrett, are you still on the line?
0: Yeah, I'm on the line. How you doing, Kevin?
1: Doing great. How are you, Garrett? Garrett, yeah, the guy, you, you're the same. Garrett's commenting on YouTube all the time, right?
0: Absolutely. I thought I'd give you guys a, a voice with, with all the commentary to, to put together.
1: Oh, That's fantastic, and thanks so much for supporting Radio Free New York, and thank you so much for being a part of the discussion. Uh, so, uh, and and Garrett, of course, is a, a Patreon supporter as well, and you can support us on Patreon to help keep us on air and everything too. I'm gonna post a link in the comments. Hey,
2: don't we uh, sell T-shirts?
1: Uh, we, uh, I think we do. Yeah, on Amazon. We do or did? But but Radio anywho, Free New York. Yeah. Um. So so Garrett, what's on your mind, man?
0: Yeah, well, I hope you and Sean are getting a little cut of that Patreon money since, you know, Andrew goes off and plays hooky and you guys do the legwork half the time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just checking in, uh, hoping you guys are good and weathering this. I got something that's a little off topic of Corona, and it's kind of focused on the Libertarian Party. And I'm not going to call out any names, but I want to speak to some general um, broad stroke stuff, if that's not too partisan for you guys to throw out there.
2: No, yeah, actually, sure, Garrett, I want you to call the name out.
0: No. Um, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I mean, and this might be good for, like, a fake news type thing because, uh, you know, there's there's some talk that there's there's a party takeover um, in progress. And I don't think we have all the information yet, but it, it might be somewhere in between fake news and real news. And what I want to encourage people to do, especially people that are kind of new to the party, Um, is to reach out and start talking to your fellow members. And and I would advise them just to be safe to start by going to the state and then working down who either the state or maybe even national has listed for your county party contact. Because some of the stuff that's flying around out there includes, um, you know, false uh, LP official um, websites that aren't exactly credentialed. Um, You know, but there may be some people that are new to this party, um, that don't know, you know who's, who in their county organization and who the people are that are out there you know, doing the door knocking, doing the sine wave stuff. Like, those are the people that I think um, people that are new to the party need to get in touch with right now to learn who's going to be on the, on the ballot in June um, and, and how all that stuff works you know, to kind of guide them through it. We got, um, we got a great um, president or chairman of our organization organization in Chautauqua County he is a politics wizard um but you know some people might not be as fortunate just get out there and find somebody to guide you through it and make sure you're showing up to these important
3: elections
1: yeah I mean you got a lot of great points there uh Garrett and you know just, just to put this in additional context politics is still going on uh amid the coronavirus uh outbreak right like there there's still stuff happening um and and some of what Garrett's talking about is that the uh there, there's elections for county committees happening and for state committees happening right now. Um, and I think Andrew talked a bit about this on Wednesday, although I hadn't listened to the whole show yet. Sorry, guys, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta uh, re-listen to that. It's been a crazy week, but uh, a party is made up of people who show up. Right. So if you want to be involved in that process, you want to understand who is getting on the ballot for uh, county ledge, for state assembly, for uh, uh, state senate, for Congress, for all these different positions, like get involved in the process. The petitioning process is over now, but but try to find ways to join your county committee, try to find ways to get involved with the state party as well and and try to find ways to uh participate in that and to get your candidates on the ballot and do your research on what those candidates are. Garrett's Gar- not wrong that there are, there are people who are sometimes going out and presenting themselves as libertarian party uh affiliates or affiliated organizations who are who are not really who they say they are um or not party officials uh a lot of that you know you you can't really control a lot of that right if you're a party member you know unless you're willing to take them to court it's like well they they have a right to say their opinion and and say that they are involved with the party if they're enrolled libertarian and they're trying to take over and they're trying to run their candidates and and the best thing you could do is to do your research figure out who is acting with good intent figuring out who is able to um who's who's really trying to advance libertarian policy at all levels um you know I, i try not to assume bad faith in a lot of people sometimes there's disagreements that are are in good faith and and that's okay and that's healthy uh sometimes there's not sometimes it's people are trying to you know take over the party from uh you know republicans or democrats or whatever uh just to to get an extra ballot line and and that's what we want to avoid and, and the best way to stop that from happening if that's something you're concerned about is to get involved with the party to join your committee and to make sure those libertarian policies are advanced uh at every level garrett that cover yeah. a lot of what your concerns are <laughs> absolutely and i think
0: th- the key to this is going to be um when the sample ballots come out for the june 23rd primary I don't know what the typical lead time is on that. Maybe you or Andrew know, but if we can just make those available throughout the judicial district so people can see the names in print and then start finding these people and reaching out to them and, and talking to them and through a conversation, if you're a libertarian, you're, you're probably going to get a feel for, you know, where the other person is at. Some might be good yeah. at, at faking it, but it, we at least have to try, you know, to, get in touch with these people that are that we're going to be voting for hopefully when when we do have our primary in june or whenever it happens to be um but besides that i guess the best way to get a jump would be to get the uh list of enrolled libertarians from your uh county board of elections and then just start trying to dig up contacts for them um there's really good resources out there online to get uh phone numbers for people um yeah. i would say go out and meet them directly but probably not a good idea for the immediate. yeah not right day. now um but I, I think that's you know we've got to start talking about that once in a while how to how to get us in touch with each other so so we're comfortable with um who we're going to go and and hopefully circle that box for in june
1: yeah no that's a lot of great points there garrett so thank you so much for calling in and, and you know just Again, wrapping that up a little bit too is you know it, it does it, it's not just the libertarian party that's doing this the, the Democratic and the Republican parties are doing this i I'm not as familiar with like the conservative party process um, if anyone wants to comment in and, and tell me how that works but but the Democrats and Republicans are also out selecting their party leaders right now. So if you're a member of one of those parties, same thing. the party is made up of the people who get involved, right The party's made up of the people who show up. Um, in this case, maybe not physically, but but show up and participate in the process, in, in in whatever prescribed way that they have. So, if you care about the party, whether it's Democratic, Republican, or Libertarian, you know the best thing you can do is to get involved in that process and to um to, to make sure you have a say in, in who the leadership is, understand the process for how candidates are selected, uh, and you know kind of push your policy, and that that's that's you know what I'd recommend. Um, you know I'm. I'm involved in that type of stuff and and again it's the parties made up of the people who are able to to show up and be active and to make a difference in their communities and uh, so if you're you're going to do that then that's um that's fantastic. Um, and again we we do we do get a couple other comments too. I got a comment from Greg. Basically people are going to uh, do what they want. <laughs> um, uh, and he said that down here in gates are still free there of of COVID-19 so so uh, maybe most people are, are, are adhering to the guidelines set forth by c d c so that's great uh i I haven't looked at the numbers lately like some of the rural counties seem to be a little bit better um you know there's there's concern about whether or not like the testing is as widespread or people just don't want to go out uh, but I did want to make sure I acknowledge your comment because i thought it was it was uh thoughtful and incis- insightful uh greg and then again garrett uh yeah it looks like we lost you but but thanks again um And uh, we appreciate your calling. Sean, you got anything to follow up on that?
2: Well, yeah, it's just, you know, uh, with what Garrett was saying, um, and I I see it, like, at the meetings now compared to, like, when Larry Sharp was going around. Larry Sharp would bring in people by the dozens, if not by the hundreds uh, at times. And yet, like, I'm still seeing just a handful of the same old faces at the meetings, so... I suggest if you're listening to this and you're interested in the libertarian party and you're you know wondering you know what's going on or how to get involved I suggest you show up to a meeting
1: yeah no that's that's a great point um, again show up and get involved that's all that's all I can tell you you know and if you're you're frustrated with things you're mad with things like I, I get that all the time oh my gosh why did the party do this thing I'm like well I don't know I don't I don't control that part of it uh, get involved. Talk to, talk yeah, to the for example and... I, last
2: year i tried to organize the uh, spring cleanup um to go around in different areas of the neighborhoods and clean up a street corner somewhere you know and um that was good and all but unfortunately <laughs> at the time they'd already cleaned all the streets but i'm going to start trying to organize that again because now that the snow is gone all this debris has been left behind yeah. and it needs to be cleaned up it's unsightful it's uh you know it's it's appropriate for volunteerism to stand up and uh you know go ahead and get out the community and do something
1: there you go all right so thanks again for joining us here at radio free new york uh we'll be back next segment with some fake news it is fake news friday talk to you in a couple minutes
3: you're listening to radio free new york
1: It's Fake News Friday, and we're going to get to that fake news in just a moment. But we do have another caller underlined. Uh, so we have We have Eric from Allegheny, Allegheny County. Hey. Eric. Hey, you guys. You How's it going? Good show. Great. Well, what's on your mind, Eric? Okay.
3: So a couple of comments. I'm going to just kind of whip through a couple of things. First, this whole mantra of the government's job is to keep everybody safe has got to stop. And I'm hearing it from both political corporations, Democrats and Republicans. Um, I think, you know, one of them was interviewed the other day, and he said, our main job is to keep everybody safe. President Eisenhower, if everybody remembers Eisenhower, for your younger listeners, Eisenhower was the commander-in-chief of the Allied forces under D-Day, the supreme commander of all the Allied forces in Europe, president of the United States, and he made a very cogent comment, and he said, if you want total safety, go to prison. There you'll you'll be fed, you'll be clothed. You'll get medical attention and so on. The only thing lacking will be freedom. So right now, we have to look at things that the loss of our freedom is probably, and that the malnutrition and starvation that will come from business closure and economic depression is going to be far worse than this, what this virus could potentially do. So down here in Allegheny County, we had two cases, and both of them healed up nicely, and we're back to zero. And the places on lockdown like Godzilla is going to come over the horizon. We have to allow counties on an ad hoc basis, maybe not the schools, and still encourage everybody to be responsible, clean. Here's your hand sanitizer, all that stuff. But we have to let people get going again or the long-term consequences are going to be enormous. And one last quick thing. Uh, The government has no more credibility, and it's it's endemic in both parties, once again, both political corporations. The The Democrats had to put in $600 million for the National Endowment for the Arts, and the Republicans had to put in billions for Boeing, which had enough money to buy back $43 billion of its own stock during the last decade, enabling their stock price to go up artificially inflating the stock price and then allowing the executives to get huge bonuses of millions rather than save the money in a war chest for an event like this, coronavirus. So they should be uh, taking the Boeing bailout money out of the corporate executive bonuses that they got over the last 10 years, not sticking it to the taxpayer one more time.
2: I just have one quick question. Uh, When when are you planning on running for something, brother? Because I like the way you talk.
3: Well, I'll leave my information with the gentleman, uh, you know, after the call. Um, I, 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 I'm happy to stick my neck on the chopping block and do things that neither Trump nor Obama have enough guts to do.
2: Uh, yeah. I suggest you get in touch with your uh, county uh, uh, rep or uh, your county chair at your next meeting there. And I, I like yeah. the way your thought process was going there, brother.
3: Yeah, can you tell me who, who I should get a hold of and maybe a contact uh, uh, vehicle, and I'll be happy to do that. I love networking, networking with other patriots. There are so many issues out there that we need to tackle. But once again, the first and foremost is the government's job is not to keep you safe. It's the number one job for the government. Two things. Protect the liberty and protect the property of the people, and then get out of the way. That's it. They should not be ninnying and nannying about all these, uh, you know, out-of-control socialist measures that are going to put us in a far worse situation than we are now.
1: Yeah, well Eric, said. tons of great points there. Yeah, well said. Uh, and, and yeah, you can, uh, if you want to leave your contact info with the producer and you want to network with Sean, that, that's fine. What county <laughs> so, are you with? Yeah,
3: please call me.
2: What county are you
3: I'm down here in Allegheny County. I live in the town of Angelica, very rural, uh, no big cities, all small towns, all suffering from economic depression already because of the socialist policies out of Albany and New York City.
1: Yeah. All right, man. So yeah, though, like I said, well, uh, you, you and Sean will definitely have to connect after this. Um, and I want to, I want to get a chance to, to speak to some of your points, because hey, you, you made a lot of great points there, you know, and again, I, I think that you're right, like really, like on a county by county basis, like that's, that's how we need to determine, like how a lot of lockdowns are. Like, I, I think that's, that's really kind of the best strategy. The local uh, government knows, will understand like, okay, what's the actual risk of people going out and doing their jobs and living a normal life. And that's the best way, again, to keep the economy going as much as possible and that situation may have to change it may have to fluctuate over time but you you're also right too that and your biggest point is that the the government is we shouldn't expect the government to manage our safety in its entirety like i I, I understand why people think that, but I think' you're, you're absolutely right we have to look out for ourselves we have to look out for our families that's what liberty is that's what responsibility is that we need to take actions on our own. To, to make sure that we're protecting that. And to, to my point earlier in the show, if we're looking to the government for some information, we're looking to experts for information, they need to be as honest and transparent as possible so we can act on the best information possible so we can act responsibly too. Um, and again, uh, thank you so much, Eric, for your call. And we'll have uh, Sean, you, you and him can connect afterwards. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, Sean, do you, do you want to tackle a couple of fake news things now? You ready? Yeah, I
2: want to do a fake news real quick. I'm going to summarize this one real quick for time purposes. Um yeah. Florida man...
1: Oh, boy. Here he goes.
2: Attacks elderly mother when she refuses to dress his mannequin.
1: Huh. Uh... I'll call that one fake news.
2: Uh, unfortunately, it's real. It happened uh, last year on March thirtieth. Uh, an elderly, uh, an elderly woman was beaten by her son for not dressing his mannequin in Boynton Beach, Florida. Huh.
1: Well, <laughs> about that. All right. <laughs> I, I got. I got a couple for you. Um, All right. So one did a uh, Portland, Oregon strip club start a curbside food delivery service called Boober Eats after they could no longer operate as a strip club, but they were still able to operate their kitchen and deliver food. Did they start Boober Eats? I'm
2: going to say that's real because that's thinking outside the box. That's making it happen.
1: Yeah, that is, that is real. It was at least real for a little while. I have no idea if it's still running, uh, but they did try doing that for a little bit. Um, and jokingly called it booberies. They're just, it's whatever strip club is. They, they start preparing meals and delivering them. Uh, just like, you know, you see many restaurants in New York doing that. They can still do delivery and they can still do, uh, uh, pickup and whatnot, but, uh, right. <laughs> this was their way of, uh, keeping their, uh, staff employed is by two, two
2: things, two things about that. Um, we used to have a club here called the classy cat here in Rochester, which unfortunately is torn down now, but the food there was amazing. I mean, they could have run as a restaurant alone.
1: See, but, see that's um, where the opportunities are. Yeah. <laughs> Markets and find a the way. Thing,
2: the other thing I did see was that uh, strippers were now going and doing house calls.
1: Yeah. I've seen some of that, <laughs> so, too. Yeah. I, know, I thought that was a nice, funny, lighthearted one. Uh, I got another one, unless you have a another well, one. Well, I do have show. one
2: thing that I do want to say, but it's not fake news. So go oh, ahead okay. and do your fake news.
1: All right. Fine. Well, this will be another quick one. Um did Russia release 500 lions to enforce the COVID-19 lockdown? 500 <laughs> lions on the streets. Vladimir Putin doing his thing.
2: Do, doing a uh, a feline with, with, purge, huh?
1: Yeah, with some flair. Just,
2: yeah. Um, no, I'm going to call that fake news, but boy, it sounds interesting. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's an image going around of a lion walking through the street, but apparently it's from uh, Johannesburg. Yeah. Um not Russia. Russia is not releasing lions into the street to make sure that people stay home.
2: Lions and tigers and bear or oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so, you I got do want minute, to Sean. say one thing here. Um, because this COVID virus is really affecting a lot of the service workers out there. Um, I do want to make this little public service announcement thing that I came across. Um, People, I'm friends with the bartenders and and servers around. And um, there is a website now that has been put together by some bar here in Rochester and it's smokeoutcovid19.com where you can actually go and tip your favorite bartender still so
1: to keep them uh, in the money. Oh, neat. Hey, well, good PSA, Sean. Uh, Thanks again for joining us here on Radio Free New York. Thanks, Sean, Agent of Chaos, for uh, being on today, too. Um, And uh, we'll be back on Monday with more Radio Free New York. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone.